You're listening to the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast, the show that blends science and heart to bring you evidence-based tips and tricks for cultivating a healthy, wealthy, and meaningful life. Now, here's your host, therapist, yogi, and fellow full-life balancer, Dr. Caitlin Harkis. Well, hey there, Wisdom for Wellbeing listeners. I am really excited for our time together today. It is the final episode of season three of Wisdom for Wellbeing. If you've been following along for a while, or perhaps you're on the Yoga Nerds mailing list, you would be aware that uh, the sequence with which these episodes were put out changed earlier this year when the season commenced. We went to fortnightly episodes rather than weekly episodes, and that was due to a baby, you know, me welcoming a baby into the world earlier this year, and my awareness that offering a regular episode was important to me, but that I just you know, might not have been able to have managed that effectively at that weekly scheduling. So the fortnightly has worked really well for this season. And, you know, this is going to be a change going into season four. But I I really appreciate you all being here and connecting and working with our scheduling and the fact that this season unfolded a little bit differently. However, as you know, it was still a really wonderful and enriching season. We heard from such wise and wonderful individuals, and the intention I have for our time together today is to go back through some of these episodes to link concepts, frameworks, the interviews together, so that if something is going on in your life, it's really easeful for you to figure out where you might access an episode to support you on your journey, as well as seeing all the overlap in regards to the tips, tricks, and strategies that have been offered to us this season. I'm also really excited right now. I was reflecting, you know, when I released season one of this podcast, boy, was that a learning curve. Oh boy. You know, figuring out what I needed to do to pull this information together to produce it in such a way that it was accessible and, you know, that you could ultimately find it and utilize it. It, it required a bit and I'm going through a similar process again right now, as I move forward to offering you a free live training. I'm quite passionate about the connection and the utility of yoga and psychology in an integrated manner, working together. And I have a free live training that I am just so delighted to finally be able to offer to you. Again, if you've been um, receiving the Yoga Nerd emails, you would know that this has been in the works for quite a while. But finally, I can offer you the top three myths that are getting in the way of you cultivating a yoga brain. So in this live training, we're going to be exploring how you transform anxious overwhelm to peace and purpose 
and what these myths are that I've noticed commonly get in the way when people aspire to get onto the mat, you know, using yoga or mindfulness for the stress busting properties, but something just seems to get in the way. And then for others, you know, you might be engaged in regular practice and yet it feels like the psychological skills that might really enhance the intentionality, the experience you have on the mat, maybe they're just not clear yet. So I'm hoping that in offering this training, it will give you a platform to springboard into in terms of cultivating a practice that works for you, that moves you towards peace. So please come join me if you just head to drcaitlin.com backslash yoga myths, you'll be able to join the masterclass. It's only going to be available for a short time. So depending on when you're listening to this episode, um, my hope is that it's still October, 2021, so you can come join, but if not, I'm sure I'll be offering it again at a later date. So just join the yoga nerds mailing list, and then I can always let you know when the training will be happening in future Otherwise, please head to drcaitlin.com backslash yoga myths to join in on this free life training. So again, drcaitlin.com backslash yoga myths. And I will be so excited to see you there and to myth bust some of the common challenges getting in people's way, you know, maybe interesting for you or maybe interesting for people that you are connected to or supporting in some ways, you know, and supporting them kind of moving through some of the, I guess, challenges, myths, feelings that might be getting in their way. Yoga, of course, is something that we have covered this season. We have been talking yoga, mindfulness, psychological well-being in a number of episodes. So why don't I start there in terms of diving into our reflections of season three? We heard from the amazing Dr. Marlisa Sullivan on polyvagal theory and the gunas. So the gunas being the emotional states in yoga philosophical, yoga science frameworks, and polyvagal theory being a very modern conceptualization of an ancient physiological system. So it captures the fight, flight, and freeze response, as well as how we engage socially. And Marlisa beautifully describes this mapping of the Eastern and Western frameworks. So if that's an area of interest to you, I would suggest heading to episode 15 to hear Marlisa's wisdom there. Monique Beaver also spoke to us about mindful movement, you know, connecting your mind and your body and really tuning into experiencing your emotions to see what your body needs, using your emotions to inform how you move forward and clarify your values for you rather than the relationship that we might have around emotion sort of being our enemy or something we push back against, but actually leaning into the wisdom that they hold. She refers to this as emotional sovereignty, you know, finding that wisdom and not being then bound by your emotions. Monique also speaks about trauma-sensitive yoga, as well as other forms of trauma-sensitive physical activity, including kickboxing. So if this is something that catches your ears, head to episode 12. 
In episode nine, Dr. Greg Smith beautifully guides us into the practice of purposeful breathing. Greg has the scientific knowledge to really understand and explain to us how breath work so impacts our emotional states, talking us through breathing practices that are really useful if we're feeling anxious or depressed. So I think that having those specific practices when we're in those specific emotional states is a really useful um, tool to have in your toolkit. And then Dr. Jen Wilkins talks us through, you know, essentially five minute mindfulness exercise activities. This is in episode 11. It's amazing to think that there can be this neurological change that we can cultivate in our practice of mindfulness, that we can cultivate awareness, clarity, focus, and it doesn't need to take hours of our days if that is not the space that we have available. So she talks through neuroplasticity and the scientific concepts that support and underpin the practice of mindfulness being a psychologist and a neuropsychologist herself. Along the lines of you know, quick mindfulness, so to speak. We hear from Dr. Carolyn Welsh in episode number eight, where she talks about the three P's of presence, purpose, pivoting, and pacing. And Carolyn does a beautiful job of really describing the chapters in our lives that at different points in our life, it is not you know, viable or values reflective to be sitting down perhaps and practicing for hours that actually integrating practices on a daily manner that may be shorter is the most important thing. So I think these messages that we're getting are really consistent, that the regularity of our practice is important. And Caroline actually suggests 12 minutes, that that's the best cost for benefit if we want to get really scientific about it ratio in terms of mindfulness that that's what the research has suggested she also speaks about moon so you've probably heard about FOMO fear of missing out moon is missing out on now and the magic that happens in now so I like that term we have to hopefully start to integrate that a little bit more in our lives the same way we you know understand the concept of FOMO Caroline also speaks to anti-racist and anti-sexist work and this process of being in allyship, which is an important conversation for us to be continuing. So I think that's a really beautiful and useful information and orientation in her episode. In terms of how we live our lives, gosh, you know, isn't this wisdom for well-being? Isn't this the overarching theme? But we really go into vocational and professional courage and creation with a couple of episodes. So in episode 18, you hear from Todd Henry, and he guides us in understanding the framework of all of us being creatives, regardless of whether we are in a vocation that is stereotypically, you know, creative in the arts, we're creative in how we show up in our lives, how we do our work and having the freedom to be creative is really important for problem solving and developing. He speaks to the concept of pruning you know, learning to say no, to open you up to other energies, other opportunities. And isn't this important, you know, having the space to say no, which then may unfold into 
other, you know, futures orientations that are really aligned with our hearts. I think that Todd just does a wonderful job of really succinctly summarizing a lot of tips and tricks for moving forward in your vocation, which isn't to say your necessary work, but this is really your heartfelt activity creations. And then in episode one, Dr. Amy Silver talks you through challenging your relationship with fear, you know, moving forward into the life you love with courage. She speaks about how fear is so often the loudest guest at the party with the exclusion of joy, excitement, and gratitude popping up and how we might reorientate to bring in these really delightful moments and hold fear gently so that we can move forward with courage into the areas that are important to us. We also, you know, when we talk about meaningful living, Dr. Jessica Borsha talks us through how we manage imposter syndrome. If you haven't heard of imposter syndrome yet, I suspect you, like so many of us, might identify with this sense that at some point you're going to get found out, you know, that at some point people might figure out that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not quick enough, you're not doing a good enough job all of the things, how we move through that experience really effectively so that we can create a meaningful life, a life we love. So that is episode number 14 with Dr. Jessica. And in episode 10, Michael Anthony talks you through developing trauma resilience. So uh, Michael had an you know, through, through his young life, had a really, really difficult, very traumatic upbringing experience. I won't go into the details now because Michael is really open in sharing his challenges and how he moved forward in creating a life that is really vital for him. One analogy that I'm going to quickly share because it's a brilliant analogy is he, he talks through the fact that if you wake up one morning and you go out into your yard and there's garbage on your yard, what are you going to do? You know, you can be upset about it. You can lament about it. You can think, well, I don't want to clean up that garbage. I didn't put it there, but it is your yard and you have to live there. So the option a lot of us would take in that situation is to clean up the garbage anyway. And that's what he likens trauma work to and moving forward and creating a life you love because none of it is okay. You know, no one asks for these really difficult, challenging experiences, but they happen in life. And it's a matter of figuring out how we move forward, how we make our lives, the place we want to be living, how we make our house in the analogy, the place we want to live, our yard, the place we want to live. But here we're doing that work. So I think that's a really useful way of framing a lot of what we do, you know, a lot of the inner work that we move through. Professor Peter Singer in episode number six talks through how we can actually live our ethics. So how you can live your ethics, how you can show up and, you know, with a value of compassion and caring and justice, how we actually live that in the world in a really practical way. And Dr. Peter Singer, Professor Peter Singer is really articulate, clever, and really 
unemotive in a lot of the ways he describes these practical steps to living our ethics and actually holding the discomfort when sometimes we are not showing up in the way that best represents ourselves. Specifically in this episode, we talk through the importance of supporting people in the world who do not have enough when we have enough, you know, when we have the resources to offer someone clean water, to put food on the table in developing nations, what's getting in the way of us doing that? He gives some beautiful metaphors around if you were wearing $100 shoes, new pants, and you were walking past a pond and you saw a child in that pond that was drowning. You know, you knew that this pond was about knee deep for you, or maybe, maybe waist deep, but you would be able to stand safely in this pond, yet the child is too short to be able to do that. And the child is essentially drowning. There are no other adults around. You know, you could walk past. It's not your child. In a lot of ways, it's not your responsibility. And yet, most of us would say that we would wear those $100 shoes and those new pants into the pond in a heartbeat. Yet, when it comes to donating to causes that might save a child's life, we're more reluctant or reserved with our finances, with our resources. So I think this is a really interesting episode in terms of starting to examine our own inner landscape, as well as talking through some of the research that does actually say we can be selfish in the way we interact with the world, that when we are engaged in charitable activity and donations, our emotional well-being actually goes up. So tune in to episode number six to hear more from Peter. In episode seven, I talk you through self-care from a therapeutic lifestyle approach. So there are eight areas of self-care, eight lifestyle activities that the evidence suggests are really important for us to be engaging in, you know, ranging from nutrition, from our relationships, spirituality, time and nature, that there are some really clear-cut activities. If we bring onto our schedule, our calendar, we can receive gross, measurable benefit from. So I think that's a really important area to understand and to look into in terms of how you cultivate holistic well-being in your life. Just some little refinements, you know, who knew when yet a lot of us might have the sense eating our lunch out in nature actually has been proven, demonstrated to enhance, you know, our well-being, that that time in nature is vital as our relationships. So we hear about relationships in a number of episodes. In episode 17, Daniel Arham talks us through attachment theory and how attachment theory maps onto the Buddhist Eightfold Noble Path. I find this to be so interesting, as well as framing attachment styles as strategies. This frame is really beautiful that Daniel offers in terms of considering the way we relate to people being a strategy essentially for our survival when we're a little person and then using meditation as a technology for healing, for growth, for stepping back into security so that we can cultivate and move towards secure and healthful relationships in our lives as well as developing that relationship with ourselves. 
And in episode number 13, Michelle Ferris talks through understanding and healing from codependence. So this is the experience of being unhealthfully, unhelpfully enmeshed with someone else. She talks us through what that is and why codependence develops, as well as some strategies for moving forward and healing in relationship in the sense of learning what you might best do in terms of developing healthful boundaries for yourself. In episode four, we heard from Jordan Green, who's commonly called the love therapist, and her tips and tricks for connection and how to manage disagreements, ruptures within relationship. Specifically, she talks to some really, you know, interesting statistics around if things progress to a fight where your sympathetic nervous system has, for instance, come online, that fight or flight mode, needing to take 20 minute break from that conversation to actually bring your parasympathetic, so your rest and digest system back online, which pairs really well with some of the conversation Marlisa offers around polyvagal theory and our social engagement system, because in conversation, it's very helpful to be able to socially connect and be online rather than being in our survival or panic mode. Alisa Manico in episode number two also talks about healing and relationship, the importance of relationship. And this episode was recorded, you know, in the height of, of the pandemic and restrictions. So she speaks to why it's so vital that we really work to maintain relationships as well as talking us through attachment styles again, or as we might call them now, attachment strategies and offers some beautiful journaling prompts. In terms of the people in our lives, you know, we may have young people in our lives, children or adolescents, and we've had some beautiful episodes in supporting those people too. We heard from Nicole Birkins, Dr. Nicole Birkins in episode number 19, and Nicole talks through how we have difficult conversations with little ones, how we manage things like screen time, how we model healthy behavior and the real importance of children moving their bodies, eating food and engaging in activity that is fueling. And this pairs so beautifully with episode number 16 with Dr. Delia McCabe, who talks about supporting kids eating healthy for their brain development and the concept of nutritional neuroscience. And Dr. Delia offered us another episode as well that is so vital in terms of, again, a lifestyle approach. Episode number five, where Dr. Delia talks through the vital role of food in our brain function, you know, so that you can be a lighter, brighter you is a really wonderful episode. So I think these two episodes, you know, work hand in hand, nutrition for little ones, nutrition for us. But what's unique about episode number 16 is she talks us through managing how we kindly support and make food delicious for our kids that we know may be picky eaters and who, um, might be more tempted by things that might be less healthful for them and we can support them and guide them in a way to ensure that their little brains are getting what they need. Speaking of brains, Dr. Louise Hayes talks about how we support adolescents in cultivating a wise understanding of their many 
dimensions using an approach called DNAV. And she, in this episode, describes the adolescent's brain, you know, how unique it is. She talks about the difference in rat behaviors, for instance. So when they look at rats in a environment of like a steep cliff, the adult rats and the kids rats will walk very far away from this cliff. And yet the adolescent rats will walk right along the edge. You know, there's really interesting differences in adolescence of all us mammalian species. So her wisdom in this area is how we then support our adolescents with their unique brain structures, being at this unique place in their lives in moving forward in a way that allows them to integrate as the full person, the multidimensional person that they are. So that's a fantastic episode to listen to. And if you tune back to episode number three, you can have a listen to Dr. Louise. Those are all the episodes of the season, and now it's now the final episode, episode number 20, but I hope this is not the end of our conversation over the next few weeks because I would absolutely love for you to come to my free live training on, you know, these three myths that are getting in the way of you cultivating a yoga brain. And I say yoga brain in terms of moving towards more balance, equanimity, cultivating a sense of peace and purpose so that you can more effectively manage the anxious overwhelm as it may present in your life. The masterclass is really utilizing acceptance and commitment training tools. So also fantastic if you're thinking of how you bring more of a sense of vitality and purpose into your life, even if things may not feel, you know, awful in this moment, but how do you bring that vigor, that joy back in? So head to drcaitlin.com backslash yoga myths to join. And if you are part of the yoga nerds mailing list, you'll be hearing about the masterclass in your inbox. So you can have a bit of a search and pull up some of the emails for me to get those links. If you'd like to join the yoga nerds mailing list so that you can be in the know about the different offerings that I have. And when season four comes about, um, head to drcaitlin.com and just join the, um, the yoga nerds mailing list there. You can grab a free gifty, a downloadable, um, guidebook or journaling prompts book, whatever kind of suits, suits you to start you on your way and on your path. I have been recording some of the episodes for season four and I'm pretty excited. We're talking about perfectionism. We're talking about motherhood, spirituality, equanimity, parent. Yeah, there's just, there's a host of topics. So I hope that I will get to connect with you a bit later in the year and I am wishing you well hopefully see you in the training. Otherwise, I'll see you in season four. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week on the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast. Please visit drcaitlin.com to connect find show notes, other episodes, and to subscribe. While you're at it, if you find value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating or perhaps simply tell a friend about the show. Wisdom for Wellbeing is not a substitute for professional, individualized mental health treatment. If you are in crisis, please contact 000, your local emergency number if you are outside of Australia, or attend your local hospital ED.